welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. This is From Checkered to Green, the podcast. All about racing as told by three lifelong racing fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing. The green it takes to take the green. Welcome everyone to episode 17. I am David Maudi. Alongside are my colleagues Elliot Tardiff and Ryan Kolpak. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, David. Good evening, sir. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Um, it's been a, a warm and pleasant weekend here in North Carolina. Um, a couple of spits of rain, but otherwise pretty dry. Um, that could eventually become a problem here. It looks like we may have some prolonged dry weather in the forecast, and um, that may also result in some issues with maybe some drought conditions building in. There's already what they call abnormally dry conditions over probably the southeastern half of the state basically like if you draw from 85 and go south and east of there i think and then uh, down by wilmington it's uh in a stage one drought down there so maybe some concerns with that going forward but in the meantime a lot of beautiful days uh, and a lot of a lot of sunny and pleasant weather uh and eventually some warmer weather ahead too uh getting into the 80s and even 90s so interesting times it's nice and warm up here, 62 right now, um, up here in, in central New York. And I, it was a nice day today. Got in the 70s. It was 70s yesterday. Looks like we're going to have a nice week up here in central New York. And um, maybe some rain here and there. But um, I got to say, I, I'm proud because probably about a little over a month ago, I uh, took care of the snow mold that ruined some grass, planted that in, and it's all come up nice with all the rain we had. And now I just got hope so, for some rain for a couple pine trees that I planted in the one in the front and one in the back. And hopefully those will take, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely looking forward to it. And one other thing, it's the month of May for yes, auto sir. racing. Yep. Ryan, how are you? Oh, I got no room to complain here, Lakeside and Buffalo, New York. It's no stretch to say this has been the nicest weekend so far this year. Bright, sunny, 70 degrees both days. And that's as good as anybody has a right to ask for in the weekend for the first half of May. That stretch looks to continue to about midweek. Then we're looking to get a few more spots of rain here and there. But you know what? We're, it looks like we finally turned that corner and spring's starting to want to turn into summer. And as you said, sir, it's not just may it's racing may oh yeah so we got a good show on tap for you guys tonight let's kick it off with the checkered segment elliot we had two nascar races yes sir we got um uh, we actually had one just wrap up a short time ago we're um uh, recording this on sunday evening uh it's a uh, a rare Sunday evening recording for us. Um, so the race at Dover just finished up. Um, and that one was won rather convincingly 
not only by Alex Bowman in the 48 car and bringing the 48 car back to victory lane at Dover, uh, where it has been a very familiar presence over the last 20 years or so, um, but also the entirety of the Hendrick Motorsports Brigade um, occupying the other three positions immediately behind him. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports sweeping the top four positions um, with Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, uh, with Joey Logano rounding out the top five, um, Kevin Harvick, Danny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez in the 99 car, and Cole Custer in the 41 rounding out the top 10. Bubba Wallace getting his best finish of the year uh, thus far uh, in 11th. Um, and the weekend before that, they were at Darlington uh, for the Goodyear 400. Uh, this was the uh, this was Mother's Day weekend, and it was also throwback weekend. And so a lot of the, uh, uh, many of the entries had uh, paint schemes honoring different uh, periods of, of motorsport, uh, be it um, uh, the Cup Series or trucks or uh, the, uh, what was then the Bush Series in the 90s and early 2000s, even mid 2000s, but also uh, some people paying homage as far back as the uh, the 1950s, I think. So a yeah. whole bunch of different paint schemes there. But um, at the end of the day, there was a very familiar face um, in victory lane at Darlington. Martin Truex Jr. dominated this race, leading 248 laps, according to RacingReference.info, and winning handsomely over the five of Kyle Larson and the 18 of Kyle Busch with William Byron and Denny Hamlin rounding out the top five. Harvick, Elliott, Blaney, Busher, and Newman were your top 10. Um, Roush Fenway Racing enjoying two cars in the top 10. Um, and I I'll have to check if that was the first time this year that's happened. But um, a driver that's very happy to get these two races behind him is Eric Almarola. Uh, he was caught up in crashes in both races and uh, was relegated to last place finishes in both. Really, really rough year for the 10 car and a really rough uh, two race stretch for Almarola, who seems to have uh, contracted whatever was afflicting Ryan Priest last year with um, uh, having good speed and good runs going and just being undone by horrible circumstances, completely out of his control. So that's the, uh, the summary of everything that's gone on here the last couple of weeks. Um, and as, as things stand right now, um, so we've got uh, Truex in the points lead with three wins. Alex Bowman, now um, the, the number two point man uh, with two wins. And then you've got Byron, Logano, Larson, Blaney, Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, and McDowell. Um, occupying the top 10, one win apiece. And then it's Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Harvick, Dillon, Busher, and Reddick occupying positions 11 through 16. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I got to say, I mean, I, I didn't catch uh, Darlington for Mother's Day weekend. I, I did see some of the highlights. I saw that, that wreck um, Almarola had and, Wow, I never saw two front wheels off the ground like that before. Um, but I, I did see, I mean, 
I, I heard Darlington was a good race. The, the throwback schemes, um, a lot of good nods. Um, I, I, I do got. I, I do have to say, uh, Chase Briscoe, what a great concept to AJ Foyt, and then actually having the helmet designed like how AJ Foyt would have driven it in his um, uh, sprint car days, open wheel days. Um, that was good. Dover, I did watch today. And one thing is first time since 2005 um, that a team had swept the top four places. Um, last was Roush Fenway. And then you actually, Hendrick, go back before that in 1997, swept the Daytona 500 and took the top three. So good racing. Great. I mean, great job. Um, they all, I mean, Hendrick was dominant today. Um, you know, eventually, hopefully Chase will get his first, get his win and lock himself into the the playoffs and that would um you know Hendrick would have a quarter of the the field going into the playoffs but yeah really good today indeed um and that wasn't the only racing that's gone on the last couple of weeks we also had the um Indianapolis Grand Prix um the uh, the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway um and there were some names up at the front of the um the field at the end of the race that um one, at least I, at the very least, would not expect. So, David, you want to tell us some more about that? Yeah, it, IndyCar back at, uh, or IndyCar back in Indiana again, back home in Indiana. We are, we're kicking it off, counting down to the Indy 500, the IMS Grand Prix. It was the GMR Grand Prix. It occurred yesterday um, as we are recording on Sunday. And it was Renus VK winning it so far, five races, five different winners, Ed Carpenter racing. It, they do well at Indy and it was, you know, they qualify well. It was great to see Renus VK and Ed Carpenter racing. Get this. Um, Renus last year had probably a, a tough rookie year. Uh, there, there's the wreck in Texas and he just, you know, it, it took a while for him to get his, le you know, his feet on the ground and it's paying off now. And he won that, um, Ed Carpenter racing, um, for that Roman Grosjean was second, the F1 driver, the, the driver who got seriously hurt last year did very well. Um, but out of the, 82 laps run, VK and Grosjean combined, led for 77 of them. Alex Palou was third, Joseph Newgarden was fourth, Graham Rahal fifth. Other notables, Simon Pajon was sixth, Alexander Rossi was seventh, Scott McLaughlin was eighth, Scott Dixon was ninth, Marcus Erickson ran out the top ten. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was 24th, Connor Daly crashed around lap 50 and was ended up being 25th um S sebastian bourdais who's probably had a, a rough going this year returned to indycar was 19th um and your point standing 
Scott Dixon going for number seven leads um, his teammate Alex Palou by uh, 13 points. Joseph Newgarner is third. Pedro Award is fourth. Graham Rahal is fifth. And Rena's VK now moving up to six, starting to get into that. I mean, we're going into Indy where you have double points coming up. So a, definitely a, a great race. Um, I didn't get to see all of it. Um, I was pretty busy yesterday, but I did record it. And I am planning to watch that later this week. But yeah, it, it was definitely good. And with that said, Speaking of open wheel, last weekend we had Formula One in Spain. And last episode, Ryan and I were talking how, you know, maybe starting second was probably good for Lewis Hamilton because he always won. Well, or this year, well, he just proved us wrong because last week he started on the pole and in a battle between him and Max Verstappen. He wins the Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, Vatry Bottas was was third. Charles Leclerc was fourth. Sergio Perez was fifth. A couple other nobles. Lance Stroll was 11th. Sebastian Fell, 13th. And Mick Schumacher was 18th. Um, Yuki Tusanda uh, for the Scudera Alpha Torre Honda. Ended up retiring six laps in due to electrical issues. But your points are Lewis Hamilton uh, is leading Max Verstappen by 14. Valtteri Bottas is, um, is third. He's got 47 points. Lando Norris is fourth with 41 points. And Charles Leclerc has 40 points. And make one note on that, Lando Norris did finish eighth in that race. So, gentlemen, your quick your thoughts about that? You know, looking at the Formula One website right now, you'd swear that they had just copy and pasted the results for Bahrain, Portugal, and Spain as far as the top three go, because it's the same picture for all three of them. You'd almost think these guys really wanted to win. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um yeah, and this, you know, this is a continuing um, story throughout the year is Hamilton versus Verstappen. And um, Hamilton thus far, if, you know, when you talk about the luck factor, um, is it definitely goes to him, uh, especially everything that happened, uh, I believe it was in Portugal, um, getting, uh, getting off course there and damaging his front wing, being able to get that fixed and then somehow drive back through the field to get a second place finish at the end of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's definitely helped with, um, with his points lead over Verstappen right now. Um, and although it is notable, uh, according to racingreference.info that Verstappen did get the fastest lap uh, in the Spanish Grand Prix. So that's a point to him. Yeah. And that's also kind of been a battle unto its, you know, within a battle as, as we've gone through the, the year so far. And, um, you know, the, that particular point being so precious as we go through the year. Um, so it, you know, it definitely looks like it's coming down to a fight between Hamilton and Verstappen this year. And it's just a matter of, uh, 
you know, who, who outperforms who, and then it's, it's, you know, it's on for everybody else. I mean, you got boat, um, uh, Botas, Norris and Leclerc with seven points separating them. Uh, you've got Perez and, uh, Ricciardo eight points apart. Um, and then another four back to signs. So, uh, it's good to see Ferrari have a good day. They were fourth and seventh. Um, you know, that's, that's getting back on track for them. So that's, that's good on them. Um, you know, they're, they're getting themselves back in the conversation with Mercedes and then Red Bull. And then now it seems like a fight between them and maybe McLaren or, um, Alpine, but, um, the, uh, the Haas team, uh, you know, are essentially non-competitive this year, it looks like, and uh, looks like we're just looking forward to 2022 for them. Um, but as far as the IndyCar race goes, it was, um, I was, I confess, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but um, seeing uh, VK win was, was a surprise, but seeing Grosjean in the 51 entry, uh, Dale Coyne with Rick Ware, finishing second after leading 44 laps again according to racingreference.info um was truly mind-blowing uh thus far grosjean has had some workmanlike finishes uh you know finishing around the top 10 in in both of his prior starts um but you know not really showing the potential to run up front like he did he came out like a house on fire leading the first 24 laps um and you know, running up front all day and again, finishing second and the day. So that's the big name for me that um, comes out of um, events here the last couple of weeks in IndyCar for sure. Yeah. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Right now, as I've said in previous races, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are as far as I'm concerned this season, it's probably going to be a slugfest to the finish for them. Because neither one of them is giving each other an inch. Even though, as you stated, Elliot, luck has definitely been on Lewis Hamilton's side. That hasn't slowed down for stopping at all. And he, he wants his name on the title this year, and you can see it in the way he drives. Definitely. And you know they're going, I mean, they're definitely getting into that grueling stretch now in the season where they're going to have Monaco coming up. Then they've got um, the Esbergen. And then, well, actually, um, I, th I think Turkey's off this year now. Um, they just announced that the other day. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you've got two, I mean, two tough courses coming up. So it, it, it's going to be a test to see. And we all, I mean it's it'll be a, a really good good test to see to see if um you know if if red bulls for real and if they are you know are they a, a legitimate threat to mercedes and hamilton so we'll, we'll definitely see what happens with that very cool um so We've talked about cars that turn left, cars that turn left and right, and now we got cars that don't turn at all. Uh, we had the uh, the four wide nationals at um, at Charlotte Dragway uh, here this past weekend as well. And Ryan, you've got some more information as to how that went. I do, sir. 
Yeah, the four wide nationals when they decided two cars just wasn't enough. Like, let's add a couple more and continue down at ridiculously high speeds. So the various categories, Steve Torrance in the top fuel category won his sixth out of the last seven four wide events, making him probably the force to be reckoned with in that arena in his category. And in the off chance, anybody forgot that he was still running. John Force took the win in the funny car division. Like anyone who thought sleeping on John Force was a good idea, hasn't been arriving long enough. In the pro stock motorcycle division, Steve Johnson got the win, followed by the top alcohol dragster category, Rachel Meyer got the win, one of her first wins in her career. Well done to her. Sean Bellamure won the top alcohol funny car division. David Barton won the competition eliminator. Peter Dagnolo took the super stock division. Marion Stevenson took the stock eliminator. The super comp was won by Billy Upton. James Perry took the super gas division. Ronnie Proctor took the top sportsman category. Steve Jackson took the pro mod category. And last but not least, Jay Turner took the top fuel Harley division. Hard fought victories around. Nobody was giving an inch in the four wides as they never do. This one, I'm glad to say, I actually got to catch this the whole event from beginning to end. And as always, it was a pleasure to watch. The four wide events are always that little extra bit of excitement with those extra two cars. And as the winners will tell you, nobody gave an inch. Those wins were by a hair's breadth in every category. So solid running by everyone. Gentlemen, so either you get to enjoy it. I, I didn't get to enjoy it because I know um, they just aired it um, after the cup race. Um, and I, I kind of was um, take care of a couple things, um, you know, you know, for our episode tonight. But um, did they bleep that? Did they um, have to use the dump on quite a bit on John Force? Because Kelly Crandall set, uh, tweeted this out. And quote from Kelly Crandall on Twitter, in his interview, John Force threw out multiple explicitives, asked what sponsors he missed after listing or after listing everything known to man, said he's going to have a heart attack and doesn't have much time left. Um, <laughs> sounds like a typical John Force interview, but did they use the dump button? Okay, his conversation may not have sounded completely like Morse code, but there were, <laughs> there were some quality beeps coming out of him, and we, he made us all very proud for it, because that's just John Force being John Force. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh there, that, but good point, Morse code. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, gotta love John. Yep, and yeah, supposedly yeah. after the, uh, the race... Um, he presented the trophy to uh, Marcus Smith uh, to pay tribute to Bruton Smith, um, who was the, uh, the founder of SMI and uh, the founder of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, that was his, um, his start um, uh, and the genesis of SMI. So uh, good on John Force for that as well. Yeah, it's uh, glad to see him winning after taking off last year. So indeed, it's good to have him back. Um, and speaking of being back, uh, we got to take the car back to the garage and uh, get it tuned up and ready for, uh, for the next race. So in the meantime, 
we've got a whole bunch of social media pr- uh, platforms to tell you about and um, where to find them, how to interact with us. And Ryan's going to tell you all about that. And we'll be back on the other side with our with this week's Spotlight segment. This is From Checker to Green. The From Checker to Green podcast will be right back. Are you enjoying what you're listening to? Join the conversation. You find us all over on social media. Join us on Facebook at the From Checker to Green group. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Tell us. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. I'm sure we can fit it in. You can also chat with us on Twitter at From Checker to Green. And with our ever-expanding presence, now you can find us on Instagram. And if you're enjoying this episode, find the rest of our work. You can find it at the From Checker to Green podcast on podcast.com, as well as Apple Podcasts. We look forward to hearing from you. Join us soon. And now, back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. This week's Spotlight segment touches on something that was a Spotlight segment subject in a prior episode, and that is the matter of NBC and specifically um, their relationship with IndyCar. Um, as we've talked about in an earlier episode, uh, NBCSN, their sports network, um, is closing down at the end of 2021. And so that's opened up a lot of speculation about where the uh, different uh, sporting events and groups, sanctioning bodies, et cetera, in and out of motorsport will be um, televised in the, the proceeding years. And we had a lengthy discussion in particular about IndyCar and where they were going to go, um, if they were going to go anywhere because of their, uh, rather extensive, uh, relationship with NBC, um, that they had signed here in very recent years. Um, and, having a, a, a lot of work back and forth with and arguably um, having some success in the ratings as well uh, this year thus far. But um, here in, uh, in recent days, there was some reporting that came out from the Sports Business Journal um, that was tweeted by Adam Stern um, and was also um, noted um, or was also reported on um, on the site uh, awfulannouncing.com by Philip Bupp, um, who was talking about the um, uh, sports, business, sports Business Journal article as well, uh, which was written, by the way, by John Orend and Terry Lefton. Um, and in this article, they talk about um, both IndyCar and NBC starting to look at uh, maybe some backup plans for what both of them are going to do um, starting in 2022. Um, according to this article, uh, there may be the possibility, um, you know, again, nothing, um, nothing has been stated as, as, you know, a guaranteed declaration of direction of where IndyCar is going to go or NBC is going to go. But um there is some speculation now that um, 
if IndyCar does part ways, that CBS um, could step in and pick them up um, as they've been very active in procuring some other motorsports rights, um, including Formula E. Um, and uh, um, also um, the uh, Superstar Racing Experience uh, is gonna be televised on CBS this year as well. So uh, there's a lot of speculation here and, and um, a lot of thoughts about what may happen, but um, let's, um, let's, let's bring it back to where our conversation about this ended um, a few episodes ago and kind of uh, branch it out from there. So uh, gentlemen, NBCSN's going away. Now there's talk about maybe IndyCar and NBC parting ways after the end of this year as well. Your thoughts. I'll, I'll start on this, uh, Elliot. And um, it's, it's, when I heard this, I, I mean, I, I kind of thought, you know, something might happen with this. We, we, we kind of know that, um, that NASCAR is going to go to USA Network. Um, it's a little, I mean, somewhat shocking, but also at the same time, not surprised. Um, I, we, I remember we, we talked about this and we talked about that, you know, last time that, you know, we went to the things of, you know, we all brought up the questions about, you know, we know Roger Penske is, you know, a, a smart businessman. We know he's going to have a backup plan. We know that if there was ever a breach of contract, we knew he would, um, you know, he, he jump on that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been doing a lot behind the scenes, kind of maybe um, just putting some feelers out there. I, I was actually shocked to actually see that CBS may be the front runner for this. But we, we can get into that that discussion in a little bit in the segment. But yeah, I'm somewhat surprised, somewhat not. So kind of knew it was happening with uh, with um, NBC uh, Sports Network closing shop. So I, that's my initial thoughts right now. Ryan. Initially, my th thoughts was I was a bit shocked because I really thought that they might have a bit more longevity in that facet of this network. But I was doing a little digging myself in the way, honestly, I felt it wasn't, you know, taken as seriously as it could have been. And I think that may have costed them, especially in the racing avenues. Those were barely, I felt, barely blips on their radar. And I think they really missed the opportunity for them. If they had... Ooh really anchored that and maybe run with it a little harder. I think it could have been a boon to their business, but unfortunately that didn't happen. And whether it's directly correlated to this result or not, I can't say for certain, but you know, a little sad to see it go, honestly. Well, here's, here's a quick question Two, you know, three years of the Indy 500 on NBC and that's it, you know, 
they were billing it in 2019 as, oh, this is the future home of IndyCar racing. And how much kick in the butt is the, the you know, you know, whoever brokered that deal um, in, in 2018 being like, man, <laughs> we got, you know, we got the short end of the stick here. I mean, clearly they, that, you know, that's what makes you wonder, did NBC really use, I mean, I mean, the Indy 500 as, you know, they were saying, oh, We've got the Indy 500. We've got the Kentucky Derby. You know, we've got the Preakness. We've got the Belmont. You know, we, we've got golf. We've got Sunday night football. We've and got the end the, of the NASCAR season. Yeah, end of NASCAR season. We got the, we, we, we've got the Stanley Cup. Well, you just lost, you're, you're good. You're going to lose a major event. And Roger Penske's going <laughs> Roger's gonna go find he, he I mean now, now now it's Roger who could say all right that's it fine here I go I'm gonna put a feeler out to every single network out there and I'm gonna say and and you're gonna have to make the Indy 500 your marquee event in May um which makes sense for CBS because you have, if you look at CBS, you know, if they were to get, get IndyCar, um, you have in February, once, you know, in February, you have the NFL playoffs, you have the Super Bowl every so many years in, in February. In March, you get March Madness and the Final Four. In April, you have the Masters. Now you're going to have a, now you would have a marquee event in May. And then CBS has other events that they can eventually get into with June and July. And, you know, I mean, June, they, they, you know, they can, you know, if that's the home for the superstar racing experience. Then you know that maybe their their bill for June, which originally looked like that was going to be on CBS Sports Network, well now they're now it sounds like it's gearing towards actual CBS um, those events, um, and it sounds like and, and you know they also do replays of the World of Outlaws. So, I mean, I I like the idea of CBS, but. I'm going to bring it back to a, a point we had with NASCAR and um, the NFL. The CBS does have the NFL. Um, that is something they're going to have to juggle around. Now, the new NFL TV deal from what I'm hearing is that next year that Certain networks, CBS, Fox, um, you know, it's excluding NBC Sunday Night Football and ABC Monday Night Football. Um, they're going to get to say the 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 scheduling's going to say, okay, you've got the game of the week, 
this is the game you have, you know, this is how you do, you know, they're going to say, okay, you guys got these games throughout. And then the rest are essentially going to be a free agency. So um, that might work beneficial CBS when you get into September and October, because they could craft it and say, you know what, Fox, how about you take the 425 games all this week because we have an IndyCar race that we actually have to show. So I, it, it, that's going to be one big question. Um, my personal opinion, I think Roger Penske decides to go back to ABC and ESPN because that's where Indy started. That's who covered Indy in the beginning. And I think a lot of fans were not too thrilled when IndyCar went to NBC and, and took the Indy 500 with them. And, and, ESPN, and ESPN and ABC were just starting to get back into that what they did in the 80s and the 90s. Um, especially in the 80s, um, was show when, when Monaco was ran on the same day as the Indy 500, was Indy 500, and then after that, they showed the, show the replay of the Monaco Grand Prix. So my thought is, I think they, I, I really think Roger would, would lean to ABC. I mean, that's definitely a thought, David. Um, and it's also really telling. I want to um, go um, return to, to a point that you made um, at the, the very beginning of, of your thoughts. Um, and that is how many different sports and how many different events NBC is covering. And you talked mm-hmm. about, you, I mean, you, you listed off, um, you know, a half dozen that, um, that I knew about and a half dozen more that I didn't. And I think that goes to, to tell you um, just how, how many events NBC is responsible for contractually. And quite frankly, where IndyCar fits within NBC's priorities, especially in the wake of NBCSN going away, because now NBC has to find a way to televise all of these different events that that you just listed and at some point you've got to make decisions about okay which ones are we going to you know be able to have the time to to cover properly and which ones you know are we going to have to think about well uh, you know if they move on to another network it won't break our hearts right um, yeah and so i think that's you know and again this is you know this being all all speculation of of you know three racing fans but with that said i think it it kind of goes to to tell just unto itself leaving everything else out of the equation all of these different other events and they're big events um and they're you know when you look at the numbers i think pretty much all of them pull in more ratings consistently than uh what indycar does but what the shame of, of all that is, is that IndyCar is actually making some uh, some gains in the ratings as, as opposed to previous years, compared to previous years. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, 
the um, uh, Indianapolis Star here, uh, Nathan Brown, um, and his um, reporting on ratings for the first couple of races this year, um, mm -hmm. that St. Petersburg did pretty well. Uh, they got 1.225 million viewers, and that includes streaming. Um, and that's the most watched non-Indy 500 afternoon race uh, thus far in their um, uh, in their relationship with NBC. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. They're on the upswing. Um, Barbara didn't necessarily do very well, but they were competing directly with, uh, with NASCAR during that time. And I'll, I'll defer to uh, Brett Griffin's um, thoughts on the Door Bumper Clear podcast about um, how smart of a move that was um, uh, to schedule those two events that way. But with that said, um, you know, I think with, with NBC losing a, a dedicated sports channel in NBCSN, they're going to have to make some decisions. Well, on the, they, on... well they, they kind of have because they, 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 this is it for the NHL too. And that goes to ESPN next year. And um, continue. I, I just want to toss that point in there, Elliot. Well, that is a really good point. And, and turning to, to ESPN for a minute, um, David, you make a really good point there in not only Open Wheel's relationship with ABC, especially uh, going back decades um, and ESPN as well, but also looking at the present day, um, ESPN has the, uh, the rights, I think in, in, the United States, at least for Formula One, yeah, uh, I think do. they they play the uh, the Sky TV broadcast. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, yeah. If you kind of uh, look at Formula One, think of it like you're what I mean when you watch the Olympics, the the feed that comes in is the international broadcast feed, um, and, and then it's just the announcers who who just cover it. But it's all the international broadcast feed. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like that. It's just like, but yeah, it's Sky Sports, which is mm -hmm. is essentially the international ESPN. Yep. And that's another one, too, that I don't think we mentioned yet, David. Mm -hmm. NBC has the Olympics. Yeah. And so. I, 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 I don't know what it's, it's, I mean, it, it, it and remember, we didn't start talking about this until, um, I mean, until you got notice of, you know, when the NHL said yanked their deal with NBC and went to ESPN. Um, so I, yeah, I, <laughs> I it's, I, I don't know. Maybe NBC just bit off more than they could chew. And um, I think right now they have no question. Yeah. And but, looking forward to 2022. Absolutely. But, but if, if they go to ESP, ESPN, mm -hmm. look what. At least, so NHL.TV, you, you had to pay separately for. If you end up, get it next year if you have espn plus 
their streaming service, which actually isn't bad. Um, if you get Disney Plus, they, they, I mean, you can get in a package with Disney Plus and Hulu, or you can get it separately. You get a lot of sporting events, and they're going to throw NHL TV in there for free. Mm-hmm. So NHL TV essentially has gone to ESPN Plus. If you went to ABC ESPN, you could put the practices on ESPN Plus. And, I mean, you don't have to pay 50 bucks for NBC Track Pass because mm-hmm. it's only 14 bucks a month. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I'd love to see what happens out of this. And sorry if I'm interrupting on this, but I, it, it does get to me what, what's going on here. Well, there could be some really good things to come out of this. You know, and you talked about, uh, David, some of the, um, uh, you know, the subscription packages and things like that. But I'm also thinking about from, uh, from ESPN ABC's point of view, because it's no secret that um, you know, ESPN hasn't been doing well in recent years. Um, you know, there have been a lot of, um, a lot of layoffs, um, um, you know, most notably recently, um, I'm reminded of, uh, Kenny Main, who was one of the original, uh, broadcasters of the show RPM tonight mm-hmm. that, um, encapsulated, uh, everything that was going on in motorsports, um, especially, with the launch of ESPN two back in the, the mid nineties, late nineties, I think it was. Um, so, you know, you know, that he's moving on and it, you know, by all accounts, not exactly of, you know, his volition, um, kind of speaks to the position that ESPN is still in. Now, with that said, they have formula one. Um, and if they, can bring uh, IndyCar back into the fold. Now they've got a couple of different open wheel series. And we've talked about this, I think, before, where now that maybe they can, you know, uh, develop a, um, a positive promotional relationship between the two series that, you know, they can promote um, an IndyCar race during a Formula One race and a Formula One race during an IndyCar race, right? Yes. Uh, because... There, you know, there are a lot of uh, similarities between the two, and maybe the um, uh, the the uh, the fans that they're reaching are, you know, not exactly overlapping between the two, and maybe there's an opportunity for them to do that. It, Additionally, um, you know, you talk about uh, Roger Penske fielding offers from other. Uh, you know, we're talking with other networks and, you know, being a, a very smart, uh, you know, having a very smart business acumen and having very, you know, people around him of the same ilk. Um, but with that said, I question whether or not ESPN will be able to get them or would be able to get them at a good value as opposed to something like, um, you know, uh, NFL rights or, you know, another big name uh, sports sanctioning body. Um, and be able to, to leverage that as well. Well, I, I mean, here, here's the thing where there comes an advantage with DSPN is that um, the, the, the new NFL deal that is, um, I mean, you're never going to pull the big money like the NFL. Um, 
I mean, those deals you're never just going to pull, I mean, for auto racing. But you could, what what would give ESPN and ABC an advantage here is to say, hey, during football season, we don't have much going on. We, we have Monday Night Football, and we're going to have the Super Bowl uh, for a couple of years, and a couple wild card games or that. And, and now they're talking this year of doing a Monday Night Wild Card game. So um, you could, ABC and ESPN could come around and say, hey, you know, we need something to fill these slots. We've got Formula One. We've got, you know, a bunch of different, um, you know, sporting events. We, we do a bunch of college stuff. Uh, you guys run Sundays during the summer, you know, in August. We have college football Saturdays. So you, you, you don't get that COI, the, the, those conflict of interests um, going on. And I just, I just think that that may be the the better way and i think i think if you pulled if you took a poll this year at the indy 500 and asked people would you want the indy 500 next year on abc or cbs i will guarantee that probably more than half of those people are going to say ABC because that's where it was. That you say Indy 500 and what comes to your mind, the words that come to your mind is, I mean, you think AJ Foyt, Rick Mears, Al Unzer, um, Tom Carnegie, um, Jim Neighbors, Paul Page, ABC. That's where it was. That's where it started. And I think this is the, the perfect point. And they don't conflict they, they don't have to juggle. I mean what? NHL? I mean that, that's I mean that's gonna be the main competitor on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they maybe could do a, and maybe a baseball game or two as well. Uh, not really. Um, well, ESPN, but that's Sunday night. Okay. And and that's Sunday night baseball. And, and, and during the week, they don't, they don't, I mean, ABC has, I mean, that's what made IndyCar fit so well in NASCAR when, when ABC could do those races and, and when they had NHRA, um, you know what? You know when they did USAC, they just—I mean—you could put them on any platform, and if you have an event, you could put it on ESPN or ESPN Two, or you could put it on ESPN News or ESPNU, or heck, you could show Indy Five Hundred practices on ESPN News. Or ESPN two, and it, 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 I don't know it, it just makes it 
it's just starting to make more sense to me as we're talking about that. If, if I was Roger Penske, I negotiate ABC and I would make a good deal with them and say, you know what? You're going to have every right to this and we will give you the IMS radio, you know, maybe, maybe ESPN says, Hey, you know, maybe he cuts a deal and says, guess what? ESPN radio will be the, will carry the IMS radio network throughout the entire IndyCar season. You could do that and take it to the radio portion. Stream it. Well, well, uh, the IMS radio broadcast. Mm -hmm. The only way you listen to it is online. Mm -hmm. If you told ESPN radio and all their network affiliates had to say, guess what? You have to broadcast the Indy 500 broadcast. You put that out quite a bit to all your ESPN radio affiliates. You put those out. There you go. I mean, Ryan, I, I, I know, Ellie, I've had the conversation. Your your thoughts on this? Normally at this point, I would take a slightly more diplomatic position. But honestly, Dave, I have to agree with you. I feel that ABC is in the best position to not only accommodate IndyCar, but, you know, during the time where the IndyCar was already there, they weren't shy about advertising not just the Indy 500, NBC, we're looking at you. Yeah. But the rest of the races as well. And were those races to end up being broadcast by their network once again, I don't have the slightest doubt in my mind that they would absolutely do that again. Because they no doubt remember, you know, how well that advertising paid off for them. So as we all know, Roger Penske's money spends very well wherever he chooses to spend it. And I, I, as I said, I agree with you, Dave. I think ABC is in the best position to win if those negotiations take place. Yeah, most certainly. So I got a quick question to post to you guys as we're, we're up to the break. Um, we've got our break come up in a couple minutes here. Um, it, let's, play, let's play devil's advocate here. If you were Roger Penske, do you think you've got a potential deal in the works right now? Yeah, I'll, I'll step up for this one. Yes, because Penske is the kind of person who's too smart not to have contingency plans ready in the wings just in case. I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted in my answer. I'm leaning towards yes, um, for the reasons that you just elucidated, Ryan. But at the same time, I'm also not 100% convinced yet if um, NBC is completely off the table. Um, I think logically, it makes sense to think about moving elsewhere. But um, if they want to try and, and keep that relationship, uh, you know, one side wanting it uh, you know, in particular, or maybe even both sides, then that may still be a possibility too. And, in, you know, with that in mind, it may also be possible that um, 
you know, a deal may not necessarily be um, uh, in the works just yet. But with that said, um, I think it's, it's also a distinct possibility that there's conversations and, you know, at least conceptual um, deals being proposed across a whole bunch of, uh, of different entities um, from IndyCar right now. I think that's a, d a distinct possibility. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, nothing's been set in stone yet. Um, you know, maybe we get more as the season goes on. Maybe we hear something right after the Indy 500. I, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. So would be a heck of a time to broadcast that, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it's going to be interesting. I mean, we, we, we know the captain's doing everything. I mean, look what he's already done to improve the track, to, do, to diversify the sport. So I, you know, I, I put it into his hands. I mean, they, they I, I will say the, the Holman family sold it probably to the best person out there to run it. And he is definitely gonna. He's definitely gonna um, make sure he get gets the best for the sport. But with that said, we've actually got to take a break. We got to load the car up, bring it back to the track, and get ready for for green flag racing. Ryan's got a word from our sponsor. This is from Checker to Green, the podcast. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Looking to improve your business identity? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the knowledge and the resources to be able to make your business stand out amongst your competitors and give you an advantage to bring in the customers. From logos to business cards to letterheads, Samurai Graphics can design what you need to make yourself stand out amongst your peers. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at Samurai Graphics. 716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Welcome back, Graves fans. And we have a great green segment here on the from Checker to Green podcast. We've got a lot of recent action coming up this weekend. A new track, a historic track, and some straight line drag racing. Why don't we kick off the green segment? And Elliot, let's talk Coda. Yes, sir. Um, so this is the this marks the inaugural visit to the Circuit of the Americas road course outside of Austin, Texas um, for all of the NASCAR series um, and also marks the first three-day race weekend um, that NASCAR has had in some time. Um, I question whether or not they've had any other three-day weekends since um, uh, 
since before Atlanta last uh, year. The Darlington was a three-day weekend. Okay, this year. Um, so uh, they're this is the uh, uh, they're bringing back practice this weekend. They're bringing back qualifying, um, and they've got I think uh, they've got Cup. I think they've got Xfinity that are going to be there. Um, I think Arc is going to be there. I forget if the the trucks are going to be there also, but um, it's it's going to be. Um, a heck of a race weekend and it's it's uh i hope that uh everything goes really really well um the first turn of that track in particular i think it's going to suit these cars perfectly um it's going to suit suit nascar perfectly it's going to be and brad keselowski talked about this when he was um uh, guest hosting the uh, Xfinity race on Saturday with Kurt Busch. It's going to be a matter of who can drive that car in the deepest and make it stick. And that's going to be a heck of a thing to see. Um, and, you know, he, he talked about this track being a really interesting track being um, there being so many different facets of the track that you need. There's a high speed section there's, um, you know, all these braking zones, um, and there's, there's rhythm sections. So you've got to have, and you know, the, the absolute spot on setup to be able to, to especially, you know, going through some of these S turns and things, um, and also being able to, uh, break at the very latest that you can get through the corner quickly, and then be able to get the power down up off. Um, it's going to be, uh, the, the quintessential, I think, display of road racing talent. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. Um, if I was a, a couple cup driver, if I was a cup driver, Xfinity or a truck driver racing this weekend, um, the trucks are racing. Um, they, they race Saturday and the Xfinity and after. Um, I'd be making a, a phone call to Roman Grosjean to say, how do you run this track? Because Formula One has run there. Um, it, it, you know, I, you know, if I was a driver, I'd be picking his brain and seeing uh, what you have to find out, how, how to take the track. Um, a few cars have practice. Practice is going to be very interesting this weekend. Um, you know, just looking at the Coda, just looking at the Coda schedule this weekend. Um, practice is, you know, is going to be on FS1, um, and qualifying will be on FS2. Um, and the racing is all on FS1, so it's going to be very interesting to see how the first practice goes. I, I'm going to take a bet that a lot of drivers are going to be keeping an eye on the first truck practice that goes on, so I'm looking forward to it this weekend, Ryan. Oh, I'm thrilled to see the races at Circuit of the Americas this year. And I think you're right, Dave. I think there's going to be a lot of eyes watching that first practice to see how they handle in the early turns. And a lot of notes are going to be taken. And, you know, maybe a few phone calls are going to end up to, you know, 
a certain other driver, as you mentioned, to say like, hey, how, uh, any, any advice? Still, it's going to be fun, and I look forward to every one of them. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um, and so that's not the only series that is going to be turning left and right this coming weekend. Uh, this is actually a shocker to me, um, but the famed Grand Prix of Monaco, which normally runs on the Sunday of um, our Memorial Day weekend, coinciding with the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte, um, is actually running a weekend early this year, a weekend earlier than, uh, than normal. So, um, David, why don't you give us a preview of uh, the upcoming Grand Prix of Monaco? No, oh, thank you, Elliot. And this is actually, I, I think it used to be the, uh, the weekend before Indy, and then they did the weekend after, you know, the weekend of, and then I, I think they're just going back to what tradition used to be, and um, which actually might give a chance for drivers to go to Indy next year if they continue this. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it was a long, you know, last year they did not have Monaco due to the pandemic, but they are back at the historic um, Circuit de Monaco. It's, you know, Monte Carlo, the Monaco Grand Prix, um, what, whatever you call it, it it's one great race looking at the track configuration i was watching um charles leclerc i mean that that's his home track go through it i mean one drs detection zone that's the front stretch you've got that sharp turn in turn one you kind of get a straightaway through two three and four and then you go downhill into those hard turns through five, six, seven, eight through the tunnel, which is probably the fastest part of the tra uh, track. That's the speed trap um, that they got set up coming out of that. And then you got that bus stop. Then you go into 12, 13, a bigger bus stop, 15, 16, 17, 18, and then 19 will be the turn. Um the length is 3.37 kilometers, which is 2.07 miles, uh, 260 kilometers, 162 miles, 78 laps, one of the longer races this year, but it is interesting. First race in 1950, the first Grand Prix was actually nine, uh, off the Formula One website. It, it, you know, a couple things um, that occur here that we want to mention about this. Um, you know, the first Grand Prix was actually in 1929 when racing engines first rever uh, reverberated around the principality after a um, cigarette manufacturer, Antonio Nogas, decided to organized this race with the Automobile Club of Mont uh, de Monaco. Um, the first F1 race was 1950. Um, um, and then, you know, it, it, it's a great circuit. It, it's kind of changed throughout the years. And it, it's one of the, one of the most, um, beautiful races i mean yachts line up to it um 
if this was a if there was a Formula One race I wanted to go see, this would be one to see in person. I mean, people sit up at, in in the highest balconies of hotels, just watching below, and it's it's amazing. I I will put that I will put that to um, I will say that looks good and looking forward to it this year. Uh, Gelman, your thoughts? Yeah, it's great to see Monaco back on the on the uh, Formula One calendar this year. Um, David, everything you said about the um, everything about the the Grand Prix and um, all the the uh, the hoopla around the race, the spectacle of it, um, I agree with and more. Um, it's the, um, the, the tradition of this race and just the, the, uh, the level of attention uh, that it, it has from the racing community and um, you know a lot, of, uh, a lot of, of big name folks in and out of motorsports um, is unparalleled the world over. Um, and even, you know, you could even make a, a reasonable argument that, uh, it rivals something like the Indy 500, um, uh, or Daytona in terms of the level of, um, pretty attention that, uh, this race gets. So, uh, it'll definitely be an interesting race to watch. Um, you know, again, we talked about the, the rivalry between, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen, um, going into this race. Um, you know, they've had some pretty close quarters racing thus far this year. So it'll be interesting to see how, um, uh, how that translates to this very narrow and unforgiving street course. Ryan? Gotta admit, last year when Monaco didn't run in Formula One, the, the whole season felt like not as fulfilled because when you have what's arguably probably the anchor racetrack in all of formula one it's 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 not being there it was missed greatly it's it does the racing fan in me good to know that we'll get to watch it again this year and i'm stoked to see it again as both of you gentlemen have mentioned it is just the fanfare around it the spectacle the cert and everything that it is it is well deserved and it's going to be find out it's going to be the top three, same to same as we've seen in the last, you know, three out of the four previous races, or is somebody going to be the one to upset the balance this year and, you know, break the season wide open and keep it interesting again. We'll find out soon enough. Yep. Indeed. Now let's focus on uh, the series where you stomp on that loud pedal and keep that thing straight as much as possible. Uh, the NHRA Spring Nationals are coming up. So, uh, Ryan, you want to give us a preview of that? Certainly. Yeah, the Mopar Express Lane Spring Nationals, one of the anchor runs for not just this NHRA season, but all the NHRA seasons. It's, again, the massive, massive card this year. All the qualifiers, all the different groups, they're all going to be showing up this year. And... Uh, one new one is going to be showing up this year. The uh, nitro fuels are going to be making their presence known this year. So good to see them run this year. Those, they're fast and they are very, very loud. To those who have never heard a nitro fuel, if you thought the top fuel was loud, 
make sure you wear an extra pair of earplugs when they run as they will blow you away and Literally. just for the just for the sake of pure entertainment got a special event at the spring nationals this year the nitro mike and the walking tall pt cruiser wheel standards are going to be putting on an exhibition all three days friday saturday and sunday and if you've never seen the wheel standards run oh they're entertaining imagine if you will a vehicle with the most ridiculously overpowered engine for the size of the vehicle it's going in stuck firmly at the back so the second you trump it the front end lifts off the ground and doesn't touch it again for the entire run not to mention most of them like to have pyrotechnics off their car as well so it is a spectacle in and of itself and a treat to see live definitely but even if you're watching it on tv or streaming it online it doesn't take away any of the entertainment value from it so i'm looking forward to the show this year gentlemen are you going to be checking out any part of this i I, i'm definitely going to try um (laughs) i mean when when you said that the nitro guys blow you away i i I, you probably heard me say literally yeah they do blow you away um you and i have seen them in person uh yeah and so has a jet car blowing some people away um yeah (laughs) um yeah, it's going to be, I mean, I, it, it's definitely going to be good. Um, I mean, hey, John Force Wing today, I mean, Force Racing actually had a pretty good weekend um, with, with qualifying and, and their events. So, you know, they this could be a track that, that's a, that could help them. And I, I'd like to see what happens. I'm definitely going to try watching it this weekend. Um, if not, I, I know, Ryan, you're, you're definitely going to let me know how it went. Oh, you know me. I won't let you down. Oh, yeah. Elliot, your thoughts, good sir. Um, it sounds like a heck of a weekend. I'm going to try and, uh, at the very least, DVR it and uh, keep up with it. But... Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, um, you know, we, we've talked before, you get, you know, you guys just talked about, you know, John Force Racing making a, a, you know, a statement comeback this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of other teams that are uh, trying to stake their claim as well. Um, and then I'll confess for, um, you know, I haven't been to too many drag racing events, but um, this, uh, the, uh, the, this the what do you call them ryan the the um, wheel standards yeah the wheel standards i might have to if they're if if they're broadcasting that which i really hope they are because that's that's a wasted opportunity if they're not yeah they're I, on I the schedule have, for all their showings so i'm gonna have to check that out too because that's that sounds like a lot of fun and, and if they don't get in the main broadcast they'll actually throw a highlight somewhere in it um hmm. they do i mean they, they like I mean the the first race of the year um, they they dragged race RVs down this down down the strip in Gainesville and and they showed the the highlight of that so yeah um, your best yeah. bet's probably gonna be Friday night if for no other reason it's the last scheduled event for Friday night so with nothing else going on while that's running it will get all the attention so. Yeah. Food for thought. And and, and you know someone will post it to YouTube. Oh, it it is inevitable. 
Oh, yeah. I like it. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, I think we've got everything previewed for the coming weekend. So uh, let's shift gears and let's head into our final thoughts for this, um, uh, for this episode. And um, David, why don't you go ahead and set the table for us? Oh, most certainly. So we highlighted in the beginning of the show and, you know, we, we've talked about it. It's the month of May. And we as racing fans know that the day before Memorial Day is probably one of the greatest Sundays in auto racing. I mean, you put they you know, just, you know, you got the, you know, we have the Daytona 500, which is a great Sunday, but, you know, you go up like a, like the Super Bowl, this is probably, you know, one of the greatest days. Um, we used to have Monaco, but that's a week before, but you have the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. It used to be that Indy and NASCAR ran at the same time. So you had to watch one or the other. Um, that was changed when, um, when um, Brune Smith decided to um, put lights at Charlotte. And in 1993, the Coke 600 was ran at night. And so, and Dale and Hurt won that race. Um, but, gentlemen, is the Sunday before Memorial Day weekend the greatest day in auto racing is the question I ask. Yes. Didn't waste any time with that one, Elliot. You have my no. respect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, allow me to basically reinforce that point by also saying, Yes. Yes, it is. I, I agree. I, it is. I mean, you watch Indy, you watch NASCAR, you can DVR it. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't, you know, it's a holiday the next day. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone watches Indy, no matter if they're a racing fan or not. I had the personal joy a, a few years, uh, yeah, three years or two years ago now, going to the 2019 Indy 500, and you know, we were in the um, back in our hotel room that night, and you know, the, the people I went with, my dad and and my friend um, John, we watched the Cup race. And um, the one down point was that the, the sound from Fox wasn't coming through, but we got, you know, we, we, we could watch the racing and um, it, you know, you know, you always do it. I mean, my dad used to record Indy and then on the VCR and then he'd record the, throw another tape in and record the 600. It's, it's what it is. It's, it's amazing. Gives, gives me goosebumps just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you think mm -hmm. about all the times you've watched those two races together on the same day, and the only thing that you think to yourself is, ah, the memories. It does the heart good. And it's going to continue to do that, I see, for quite some time, because it's a solid tradition. It's done well for 
both NASCAR and IndyCar. And I don't see him monkeying with that anytime soon. Yeah. And if they can get formula one back, that's great. But I also, you know, I, I, I mean, if Monaco has to be a week before, you know, that might play into some hands next year uh, you know, down the road of some Formula One drivers trying to race at Indy. Or, I mean, you've got the double-double. Uh, or, you know, you've got the double header where some IndyCar drivers and NASCAR drivers might try to want, run both races. I.e. Tony Stewart, John Andretti, Kurt Busch. Uh, that Iron Man racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only a few oh. drivers have what it takes. Yeah. yeah. And only one complete the 1,100 miles. And that was Tony. Mm-hmm. Hey, he right there should have his name etched in stone somewhere, either at the uh, 600 or the 500. Somewhere he's going to be like, uh, like, Tony Stewart was here um, and he survived. He he technically does this year because A.J. Voigt has invited him on the pit box for Indy. Yep. And nice. the answer... And let's just say the answer was quicker than John Force's run today with a yes. Yeah, well, Tony Stewart, you can't be surprised. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Um, but yeah, to, to elaborate a little bit on, on uh, my thoughts and what we've talked about here, um, believe it or not, when you look at the calendar, um, there are at least a couple of different points during the, the season, and, you know, the season this year where you have Formula One, IndyCar, and NASCAR overlapping on the same day. It happened on May 2nd um, with the Portuguese Grand Prix early mm-hmm. that morning, uh, the second of the two um, races at, at uh, Texas Motor Speedway for IndyCar, and then you had uh, the Kansas race um, later on uh, 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 that day as well. And uh, the same thing will happen later on this year. You're going to have on June 20th, you have the... Um, uh, the race from Nashville um, that afternoon. You also have um, the IndyCar race at Elkhart Lake, uh, excuse me, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, Road America at noon. Um, and I don't know if that's Eastern time or not, but, um, and then uh, that day you also have the French Grand Prix as well. So there's, there's points uh, you know, there are, are days where you have, you know, all three um, series, um, IndyCar, Formula One, and NASCAR running on the same day. Um, and there's probably, gonna, you know, there's probably an NHRA event thrown in there for, for good measure as well. Um, so, but we really don't talk about those. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the Sunday before Memorial Day because, you have, it's the only time in, um, on the calendar where you have two crown jewel events in motorsport running at this, running the same day. And back in the day, it was three of them. So, um, the, the, you know, the, you have the greatest spectacle in, in motorsports in the Indy 500, you have, um, you know, in, in other years, you have a huge spectacle um, and tradition in the Grand Prix of Monaco. And then you have the tradition um, and the grueling intensity 
of the 600 miler at Charlotte that evening to finish it all off. Um, so if, uh, if you like to have a drink or two, you got to really pace yourself to make it the, uh, the, the full day. Um, but even with, um, with Monaco being moved to a different weekend, it still is the greatest Sunday in motorsports in any calendar year for that very reason that you have two crown jewel events running at this running the same day that is, that is well said and and that i mean just to go back when i went in 2019 we did know uh when we arrived at indy at 6 a.m um we went into the track we were in our seats probably about seven and we knew probably about 10 a.m. who had won Monaco um, in 2019. So, and, and by that point, everyone knew because people got on their phones and in the age of social media and, and streaming, you can watch it anywhere. You can be at a track. You can watch, you know, you watch it anywhere and yeah, it definitely is, you know, it definitely is with the crown jewels of, of racing those days, whether it's two or three. Indeed. Well, uh, I think that, um, that encapsulates our thoughts uh, pretty clearly on uh, where we stand the Sunday before Memorial Day truly is the greatest day in auto racing um, on any day of the calendar. And uh, we can't wait for, uh, for that upcoming Sunday. We've got, um, I believe, one more episode, uh, one, maybe two more episodes uh, coming up uh, where we're going to uh, uh, bring that day into greater focus uh, here in the coming weeks. Um, but uh, in the meantime, our next episode will be Friday, uh, this coming Friday, uh, the 21st. Uh, that'll be episode number 18. We'll probably have some information coming in uh, very early on about what all is going on at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Um, and we'll be um, keeping an eye on everything going on over in Monaco, the Spring Nationals as well. Um, and we're gonna start to um, take a closer look at uh, everything going on in the great city of Indianapolis as well, I'm sure. So yeah, in the interim, we'll, we'll have qualifying. Yes, sir. So um, a lot to uh, a lot to cover, but for now, um, this is Elliot Tardif saying thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. This is David Moy. Thank you for listening. Definitely can't wait to talk to you guys again. This is Ryan Kolpak. We appreciate all of you that listen. Take care, enjoy the racing, and we'll catch you on the next round. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast.